Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. You guys doing well? Feels good in here, huh? Feels like the love of God in here. Hey, you want to do me a favor? Can we just bless the worship team one more time? They're not even, they're not even back in the room yet, but wherever you are, just be blessed, because that was powerful. That was amazing. The love is so tangible uh, in the room tonight, and it's so profound. I love it. <clears throat> I love how God works. I don't talk to the worship team. Um, before the service, but God does, and, uh, and uh, he knew that uh, I was going to be sharing on the love of God tonight, <clears throat> so thank you, Jesus, ha, <laughs> I just, <laughs> he's so good, he's so good, they just worshiped the message, come on. It probably did a much better job than I'm going to do, but there's grace. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Man, I, uh, have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to sing it, no, no. That would not be love. <clears throat> uh, but uh, I do, I love you. Um, I, I'm madly in love with you. Uh, I'm madly in love with this city. I, uh, I've met many of you, hopefully most of you haven't met some of you, but it doesn't matter, I'm madly in love with you anyway, why, because I've had a God encounter, and uh, I'm going to talk more about that, but I've shared this before, but you know, people have asked us, you know, it's a normal question, people have asked us, uh, how's your transition uh, been to Austin, obviously we've been here almost a year and a half now, but um, how's the transition? Uh, how, are you, how are you loving the city? And it, it, it's a normal question, but it almost takes Renee and I um, off guard a little bit because God did such a deep work in our heart before we even got here that we tell people it felt like home before our feet hit the land. And that type of, that type of thing only happens out of a love encounter with God. And uh, how many people know that the love of God can change everything? And uh, <clears throat> we've all been changed in measure by the love of God, but there's always more. Amen? Anybody got room for more of the love of God? <laughs> to be changed more, to be transformed more, to be released more into the fullness of your destiny? Well, that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about specifically the love encounters with God, the type of love encounters that change everything. And when we, when we truly encounter the love of the Father, it just, it just transforms who we are on the inside and how we, how we operate on the outside. And um, we had a love encounter with God, so we're madly in love with this city. And uh, it kind of doesn't matter what happens we're madly in love with this city. It doesn't matter if I've met you yet, I'm madly in love with you. Because I just tasted of a measure of God's heart for you. 
and a measure of God's heart for this city, and even a measure, we're completely undone. Thank you, Jesus. Man, how many people uh, were here last weekend as we had uh, uh, Brian Simmons and Jeff Collins with us? How many people just had a powerful time, had a love encounter with God? Just amazing, amazing men just pouring out the love of God. But even as God was pouring out, it actually stirred something in me to share where we're going to go tonight. Um, But the week before that, I shared a little bit about... um, Israel, and, and I shared about uh, 45 minutes of miracles breaking out in the Jewish quarter of the old city, Jerusalem. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> How many people know that's a good place to have miracles break out? And uh, three people, three, three uh, Jewish people gave their heart to Jesus right there, and, uh, and it, it was amazing, and it started with, the, you know, I got a word of knowledge for jaw pain, and, and the guy's like, yeah, I, it's just on the street in the Jewish quarter. And, uh, and the guy's like, yeah, jaw pain, how did you know that? And I said, oh, because the God of Israel showed me. And you get remember the story if you were here. But I also alluded to that I had, an, I had over an hour, our team had over an hour of miracles break out. Same day. <laughs> That's a good day. <laughs> an hour of miracles break out in the upper room. Well, Eddie's excited. <laughs> we had an hour of miracles break out in the upper room. As in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit, the mighty wind of God, Holy Spirit poured out, speaking in tongues. They stumble out, right? In the street, 3,000 people, men get born again. We had an hour of miracles break out in the upper room. Would you like to hear that story? So... Um, it was actually my fourth time, fourth or fifth time um, visiting the upper room. Every time I went to Israel, I would go and visit it. It's, it's, uh, it's, they, they rebuilt what they believe a replica on the site where the best guess that was the upper room. Uh, but even what they've built has been there hundreds of years. Um, and there's people, just believers, come through just in droves every day, just praying, seeking more God, um, Worshiping God, inviting Holy Spirit. It's a powerful place. But every, the first time I was there, I went there and, uh, and I'm in the upper room and, I, and I'm walking around and I'm praying and I just have this thought. I'm like, oh, this is where the Holy Spirit first descended on the church. And I'm like, wow, I can't think of a better place on the planet than right here to have miracles break out. And so I actually, I actually remember I laid down on the floor of the upper room, and I just soaked, and I just dreamed with God. And I'm like, God, wow, this would be the best place in the world to see miracles break out. And nothing happened that trip. The next year, I come back, and I go to the upper room, and I, and I go back, and I lay on the floor, and I'm like, oh, God, this would be, if I could choose one place in all the planet for miracles to break out, this would be it. Nothing happens that trip. The next year I go back, I'm laying on the floor and I'm dreaming with God. Actually, I think I'm dreaming with God. Really, I think God was dreaming in me. And I'm, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a, I like encouragement. Who doesn't? Come on, let's be real. And I'm laying on the floor and I'm dreaming. God's dreaming in me. This would be the best place in the world for, for miracles to happen. 
And I, and I open my eyes, I sit up, and there's a guy with a knee brace, like one of the big knee braces on his knee right there. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my opportunity. Like, this is it. There's probably 20 people in the place, right? This guy, that knee brace, and I, I get up, I grab my friend. We go over and pray for this guy. Short story, his knee, gets, his knee gets completely healed. He takes the knee brace off. He's like, I'm healed. This is crazy. This is amazing. And, uh, and I'm, like, I'm like, awesome. I'm like, this is it. Because how many people know faith releases more faith? And breakthrough releases more breakthrough. And so now we're sitting in breakthrough. And so I'm like, this is the moment. So I turn around to announce to the rest of the room, God is doing miracles right here. And as I do, the entire room's empty. Like there's not another, there's not another person in the room. Like in the time that I was praying for his knee, everybody left. <laughs> and so I turn around, there's nobody else in the room. I'm like, everybody in here who needs healing got it. <laughs> Which was, which was awesome. <laughs> but God takes us from glory to glory. So the next year, I've probably been to Israel about eight times. But so the next year, I come back. Now this time, look, look, God likes to dream into us, but he wants to see what we're going to do with those dreams. How we're going to steward those dreams. How we're going to hold on to How we're going to germinate them in our hearts. So the next year, I come back, and we happen to, the time we happen to walk in, the place is packed. Hundred, over 100 people crammed in this room, and over in this far corner, there's a group from South Korea, probably 50 people, and they are lost in worship. They're a tour group. They're like praising uh, in Korean. They're just worshiping the Father. It's like beautiful. And there's a team of us, probably five of us total, and we like come in and we're like taking the lay of the land. It's packed. They're worshiping. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. I remember we we're sliding down along the wall, like looking for a place just to, just to, 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 to be. And uh, we put our bags down. And we're like looking we're like, that's amazing. Look at them worship. And then the, the guy who appears to be the head guy, he stops. Like he stops worshiping. Everybody else is. And he's looking at me. And I'm like, that's weird. And then he walks right over to me, directly to me, and uh, he goes, <laughs> this is what he said. Listen, I'm in Jerusalem, Israel, right? He looks at me, he goes, you're from Bethel Church, aren't you? <laughs> yes. He goes, you work with Bill Johnson, don't you? I said, yes. He says, oh, good. Will you pray for my sinuses? Okay. <laughs> we literally just put our bags down, right? And so I'm like, okay. And I, so I go to put my hand on his nose to pray for his sinuses, and the power of God hits him. He starts shaking uncontrollably, hits the ground, trembling on the ground, shaking violently on the ground. The entire group of 50 Koreans stop worshiping. And start looking at us with that really hungry look in their eyes. Like we came halfway around the world for God and that's it. And they start moving toward, the entire group starts moving towards us. With this look in their eyes like you better give us what you just gave him or we'll eat you. Like it was crazy. 
And uh, I turned to the other guys. I said, guys, it's on. It's on right now. Get words of knowledge right now. And we just start throwing words of knowledge at the group as they're coming towards us. And, and miracles start breaking out in the crowd. People start getting healed. Next thing you know, fast forward 10 minutes, our group, our backs are against the wall, being crowded. People are flopping on the ground here. People are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit here. People are getting delivered here. People are rolling on the ground, being filled with joy there. It breaks out everywhere. And it lasts for over an hour, an hour and 20 minutes or so. Look, video, like television cameras pop up out of nowhere. I mean, not the, like, handheld, I mean, on the shoulder, television, like, cameras pop out. I'm, like, praying for somebody, and, like, there's this camera right here. I'm, like, where did you come from? It turns out that the group of Koreans, they were there filming a documentary. <laughs> I'm, like, God's providing the bonus footage. <laughs> So there's these four television cameras filming the whole thing. And the reason it lasts for over an hour is because every time a new tour group would come in, there's miracles breaking out everywhere. People encounter it. People are like, what's going on? We're like, God's breaking out. He's healing people. They'd be like, oh, good. Can you pray for my back? And it would just keep going like that for over, over an hour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just it's a funny part to this story is that, is that there's a security guard who has a desk, sits right outside the door, you know, just kind of checking people as they, as they come in. And, and uh, this, I mean, it's full-on revival, Toronto-level Holy Ghost revival service in the upper room for over an hour, and the security guard never comes in one time. <laughs> Not once. After about an hour and 20 minutes, it all kind of wraps up. The people have left. No more groups are coming at the time. It's kind of this lull. And our team is now laying on the floor, basking in the glory. The love of the Father. Somebody say the love of the Father. We're basking in the love of the Father. And we're laying on the floor going, God, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe that just was incredible. That was amazing. And I feel somebody kick me. It's, it's the security guard. He kicks me in the shoulder. He's like, hey, what are you doing on the floor? He's like, you can't be there. Get up. I'm like, okay. And so we get up, right? We, like, get our stuff. We, like, leave. Like, it's not till I get home, back to America, I'm telling somebody the story, and it hits me. I'm like, he's worried about laying on the floor. Like, where was he the last hour and a half? When people are flopping and crying and yelling and rolling and video cameras and like, I'm like, where was he that whole time? And listen, I don't know if this was prophetic or just my imagination, but in that moment, I, got, I went into this picture of him sitting at his desk just outside the door and an angel standing behind him with his fingers in his ears going. <laughs> Touched by an angel. Uh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing that years, a number of years before the first, first visit to Israel ever, I was um, in a home group. 
in a home group and with some leaders that had a real heart for Israel and, and uh, had been many times led teams. And I was at this home group. I was in my first year of the school of ministry and, and, I, and I was in this home group and they put on a video. I don't even remember. It was just about kind of life in Israel. And, and uh, I remember we were watching this video and everything's fine. Just sitting on the couch watching the video and, and they're showing, you know, different different scenes depicting the, just normal life in Israel. But at one point in the video, it starts showing the kind of party scene, because there's a big party scene, the, like the young adults, like the spring break type, type dynamic. And it's showing these, these young Israelis partying, spring break style partying. And no, no different than American spring break, but they're, show, they're showing this, and the love of God hits me. And I fall off the couch on the floor weeping uncontrollably. And, I, and, and all I can say, what comes out of my spirit over and over again is not God's kids. Not God's kids. Not his chosen children. Over and over. I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on the ground on my knees weeping, tears in the carpet. Not God's chosen children. Not his chosen ones. The scene isn't any different than any spring, spring break type scene all over the world. But I'm like, these are God's chosen kids. And you know, for me, I can trace back everything and all the years moving forward that ever happened in Israel, any of the breakthroughs, the Jewish quarter, the upper room, I trace it all back to that moment. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the prophetic class I took in the school of ministry or it wasn't training on outreach I got. It wasn't, like all those things help. We get it? They all help. That wasn't what released a love that became power that released an hour of miracles in the upper room. Those classes aren't what released breakthrough in the Jewish quarter of the old city. I tell you what released breakthrough was the love encounter with the father that I had sitting on that couch the years before. Thank you, Jesus. You know that Every believer is powerful. Oh, could I get a bigger amen? amen? Every believer is powerful. The, the, the key, the question is, does every believer feel powerful? Does, does every believer live, live powerfully? And the, how many people believe that the Bible is true? Yeah. Woo, come on. That's like 90%. Woo! I'm just kidding. I know it's everybody. Listen, the Bible is true. So when it says, is Christ in you the hope of glory? Say it's true. When it says that don't, don't you realize that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Somebody say, it's true. When he says, as I was sent into the world, so I send you. Somebody say, it's true. So... The question isn't, are we powerful? The question is, do we feel powerful? And are we living powerful? Because we're all powerful, but some of us, it's like, it's like we've been trapped in a block of ice. It's like, it's like you're a superhero. (laughs) 
It wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's like, we're a su- you're a superhero, but you're trapped in a glacier. Listen, you're powerful. You just don't feel powerful. We're stuck, right? You can be frozen. <laughs> Still going. I like it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's about to hit me. Oh, Jesus. Shut up, Bobo. Bebo. <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh Jesus I need a drink <laughs> oh, let's just take a happy break <laughs> thank you Jesus Whoa. somebody say freedom <laughs> Whoa. 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 Do you know the only reason I'm delivering this message is so that we can get more of God? So if you're getting more of God, don't get hung up on my message. All right. <laughs> Oh man, thank you, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just, just, just turn to your neighbor right now and just look your neighbor in the eye and just tell him, Shidi Baba. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're, y'all going to change my message right now. <laughs> Do you know that Galatians 5.1 says that you've been set free for freedom's sake? Do you realize that, 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 that Jesus, the reason he came and set you free? Listen, you got to get this. If you're taking notes. <laughs> Why was that funny? he's come and set you free so that you can be free listen he didn't come and die on a cross so that you could be the next great evangelist listen it's it's true it's it's true he didn't come and die on a cross so that you could be a mega church pastor He didn't come and die on the cross so that you could have the most followers or the biggest blog. He came and died on the cross so that you could be free. Look, everybody wants to know, what am I supposed to do? What's my calling? Listen, 
you are, you are fulfilling the greatest call of God on your life when you simply learn to live free. When, when we get free, all the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. When you learn to live free, if you're called to be an evangelist, you'll just find yourself evangelizing. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Where were we? <laughs> oh, yeah. You were frozen in a block of ice. <laughs> Just kidding. Not this room. Not this room. Listen, some Christians, some Christians, listen, doubt, unbelief, false humility, and especially fear all cause us to feel like we're frozen instead of powerful. But what, what, what thaws the freeze? What melts the ice? The love of God. The fire. Fire. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, it is is the same thing, but that's not till point three. Let me get there. (laughs) Listen, we're all powerful. Say it again. We're all powerful. And we're all powerful. It's true. God, God has already made his home in you. Therefore, you can't be anything but powerful. You can't be anything but a world changer. But we need to get free into living, feeling, believing that way. And so God is in the process for all of us, right? Because he takes us from glory to glory. None of us have arrived like I'm there, there's no more to go, right? We're all all in a process of, of God, so to speak, thawing us. Melting the resistance away, melting the fear away, right? Melting the unbelief away. Right? He's thawing us. And the more the, melt, the ice melts, the more powerful you feel. The more free you feel, the more movement. Now you're starting to step into to activate what God's already given you. So if that's all true, then the question really isn't, isn't, do I have or am I powerful? The question isn't <laughs> the question isn't about our ability, the question's about our temperature. <clears throat> the love The love of God. The love The love of God melts the ice. But <laughs> 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 oh man. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pe- keep plowing cuz I cuz I feel like God said it's important. I'm not saying you have to pay attention. I'm just saying I'm going to keep going. So The love of God is what melts the ice, but listen, we need to understand what the love of God is. Because for so much for so many of us, for so long, especially in Western Christianity, not so much this room, but just in general, 
that when God says love and we say love, it's not always the same thing. And in fact, in the Bible, there's many words for love that we just condense into one word. But we actually lose something. We miss something. We misunderstand what God's actually communicating, what he's actually making available. We need to understand the love that God is communicating so that we can receive what he's making available. Can you say amen to that? I want to actually unpack the love of God in the, in the word for us tonight so that we can have deeper love encounters with the Father. Does that sound okay to you? There's a couple types of love. If you want to put that up there on the screen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> there, oh, I thought you were out on the floor back there. <laughs> There's, there are uh, different, different words for love in the Bible, four, four main ones, and we want to hit right now. And understanding these different types of love will actually help us encounter the Father in a deeper way. Um, four loves. The first one at the, the top there, storge. It's a sense of commitment and responsibility as found in the bond of marriage and family. It's, it's, a, it's a true love, but it's a sense of responsibility or commitment. It's the, it's the when I say yes to you in marriage, it's for better or for worse. Amen? It's the, it's the Hey, I'm going to stay true and committed to you even when it's even when it's everything isn't happy and lovely and like when we're in, when we're in a hard patch, I'm still committed to you. Cuz we're family. Does that make sense? That that my kids, right? That I'm committed to them to help them grow and to be nourished and strong, right? Even if they're not having a good day, right? Like even if they're having a bad day, a bad attitude, I don't withdraw my commitment from them. Amen? I still feed them. <laughs> Phileo is one that's used often in the scriptures. It's the deep bond of friendship. Love of very good friends. This takes time and builds around mutual interests, respect, and, and even trust. This is, this is your best friends. This is deep friendship. This is, this is we choose to, to love each other and we grow in friendship, right? And, and everybody has their group of friends, right? It's, it's I, I choose to migrate towards this group and we connect. And there's a deep level of commitment, right? But it took time to get there. And it can change, how many people have had a best friend in high school who isn't still your best friend today? Right? Things change, right? And that type of love uh, is a little bit more temporal. It can change with the seasons. Then three is eros. It's sensual or erotic love. This is important to know. This love is temporal and can be finicky and fleeting. This love is, is based around uh, a physical attraction. And I, I can, uh, I have love for you because of a physical attraction. But if that changes, that love's gone, right? It's very shallow. It's the most superficial form of, of love. And it actually isn't used in the scriptures. 
Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's important because a lot of times we, we interpret God's love through our own experience. And in life, if we've only experienced a very superficial form of love, the type of love that can be there one moment, if everything's going right, but then is gone the next moment, right? The type of love that's only there if, I've, if I look perfect, if I have it all together, right? You love me, but if I, if I don't have it all together tomorrow, that love is withdrawn. That love is not used in the Scripture. It's not mentioned in the New Testament. But sometimes when, when God says love, especially in the West, I think that we can interpret it through this lens. God loves me when I'm looking pretty. But that's not the love that God has for us. The last one, agape, God's kind of love. The unconditional emotion of, no, of love, benevolent. It delights in giving. It's the noblest kind of love in the Greek language. This love is not based on the condition or receptiveness of the recipient. Did you get that last part? <laughs> that love flows unconditionally, without limits, without measure, and isn't based on the receptivity of the recipient. It, that's the love of the Father. That's the love that He is madly in love with you even before you loved Him. Even before you knew Him, His heart was broken for you and I. That, that that's the love that even when you mess up, when you're in your worst moment, when you're dirtiest, when you're broken, that love just flows. And it's not even the story, it's not just the commitment. Like, well, yeah, well, I signed a contract, so I better still feed you. This side of the room didn't get it. That's all right. There's two sides. <laughs> It's not, it's not like, listen, it, like, you're my, you're my teenage son, and listen, you really blew it. You're ha you have a bad attitude, but I'm still going to feed you because I'm committed to you. No, it's not that. It's the, it's the, it's the mother whose who's, who's child has done something grievous. The child's on death row. And, that, and that, that mother, that father might be so appalled at what they did, but they can't stop from loving that child. It's like that love still flows. That love doesn't matter if you're on, on skid row or death row. That love flows. Unconditional love. Somebody say unconditional love. And that's... That is the agape, the God kind of love. You can just leave that up there for a while. People just uh, let that sink in. Thank you, Jesus. Now that love, uh, those, those different loves show up in different places in the Bible. That, the storge love, except for eros, that's not in there. But storge, it's, it's in there, here and there. But it's usually used in the, in the negative Meaning that that type of love isn't present. It's used in the context of talking about being uncommitted. 
It's talking about the, the negative, the, the heathen, when, when Paul writes to this city and he talks about, you know, those in adultery and, the, and those who are uncommitted, that are lacking that, that commitment of love. That's where that's primarily used. Phileo is used, uh, one example is Matthew 6, 5, when it talk, talks about don't be like the hypocrites who love to have their prayers heard, to stand up on the street corners and pray so everybody can hear their prayers. Don't be like that. That's where that love is used. Guess what? Those types of love don't change you. We only have one word in the English, but aren't you God? Glad that God has more than one word. (laughs) What about agape, the God kind of love? Where does that show up? How about 1 John 4.18? There is no fear in agape. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfect perfected in love. Listen, let's read it again, but I want to put agape in where it says love. There is no fear in agape, but perfect agape casts out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in agape. The unconditional, overflowing heart of the Father, that kind of love casts out fear. And listen, the next, the next sentence is the one who um, uh, casts out fear because fear involves punishment. That's because we're stuck in a different understanding of love. If, you're, if we're afraid to be punished, we're stuck in the type of love that can be given and retracted. And, and often when the Bible's read, when people get up and pray, the love of God is in the room, and we're like, and we, if we're translating through the lens of, oh, but this is the love that can be given and retracted. There's no wonder we don't, we might not leave as changed as God wants us to be. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> and the, the one who fears is not perfected in love or complete. That word perfected is also perfected or complete. It's not complete. In a God. Listen, it means that you haven't finished your journey into the depths of understanding God's love. I thought it was good. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Point three, fire and love. <laughs> fire and love power and love how many people know they're the same thing how many people know the bible says god is wasn't a trick god is love god is love and i don't want to hit this because sometimes i think that in our minds we separate what looks like power moments from love moments But in God's economy, in God's heart, in God's way of thinking, there is no separation. It's not love or power. It's just God. 
It's just God. He shows up, and we might manifest differently. Listen, somebody might be on the floor vibrating like the guy in the upper room. He hit the floor, and we're like, wow, that's a power encounter. (laughs) But it's only a power encounter if we think it's a power encounter. Now, it's a powerful encounter, but it's a powerful love encounter. Because God can't come any other way. Thank you, Jesus. That, uh, that Eddie, Pastor Eddie, I just like using that. How many, lo- how many love this guy, right? It, pastor Eddie is a good pastor. Most of the people in this room know that or are learning that, right? Guess what? He's also a good father. Those who have known him a long time know that. Guess what? He's also a master instructor, fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. Guess what? He's all those things in one package. And every time you come and talk to Pastor Eddie... You're talking to a good pastor, a good father, and a master instructor in Taekwondo. But listen, not everybody knows that he is a master instructor. Not everybody knows how good of a father he is. So the thing is, you can come to Pastor Eddie and only receive from the pastor. You might, you might have problems at home with your children, but because you didn't know he was a good father, you just came and you asked some counseling-like advice for yourself, and you didn't access the good father. Now listen, somebody else can, can walk away from an encounter with, with Pastor Eddie, and they can walk away, and they're like, doing this stuff, wow, wow, wow. Breaking ice cues and <laughs> and you just came away from right getting counseling right and they're like and you're like where'd you get that and they're from Pastor Eddie and you're like why didn't he give me that I must not be good enough. I must not be worthy. He must not love me as much as that person. Guess what? The only difference is they knew to ask. I thought it was better than that. Come on. The only difference is they knew it was in his nature. They knew it was there. So they're like, hey, I heard. Tell me, give me some self-defense moves. Teach me something. He's like, sure, here you go. And you had the same meeting, the same length of time, and you walk out and you didn't get that. Why? Because you didn't ask. And you didn't ask because you didn't know. Does that sound familiar? Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Can Can we read some more love about some more love in the Bible? You guys still with me? Thank you, Jesus. 
Listen, we're about, to, we're about to read some more scripture. We're about to read about the agape love of God. But one of the biggest challenges for, for the Western church is that we, that we are too accustomed sometimes. We become inoculated to the power that's in the word. We've heard it so many times. We've seen it, we've seen it taught but not demonstrated. And it actually loses its, its power, it loses its umph, its gusto, its, its breath of life. Can we not let that be in this house? Can I get an amen to that? Jesus, we just thank you for the word of God. And we just ask that you allow us to read the word like it's the first time. The first time we've ever heard it. Thank you, Jesus. If you got your Bibles... Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and already many of you are like, oh, I know that. That's the love chapter. But listen, <laughs> it's, it's the agape, it's the power of God, it's the fire and the love of God chapter before it was the wedding chapter. Oh, they didn't get that one. That's all right. <laughs> listen, God had purpose for it, Right? And it wasn't just to be recited at a wedding. Oh, God, let us hear it like it's the first time. Actually, start in, in the last verse of 12, verse 31, 1 Corinthians. But earnestly desire the best gifts. God just talked about uh, the diversity of gifts, the gifts of healing, gifts of prophecy, of wisdom, and discerning the spirits, on and on. And he, he says, earnestly desire uh, the best gifts earnestly desire, earnestly desire the best gifts. So he's not saying don't go after the gifts. He's saying go after them. But, he's, but Paul said, I'm going to let you in on something that's even more powerful than those gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. Somebody say love. love. But guess what kind of love? It's not Eros. It's not Storge. It's not Phileo. It's agape. It's agape love. So again, if it's okay with you, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to put agape in everywhere it says love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not agape, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not agape, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not agape, it profits me nothing. Agape suffers long. Not phileo, not storge, definitely not eros. Agape suffers long and is kind. Agape does not envy. Agape does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Here it is, ready? Agape never fails. Somebody say agape never fails. 
agape never fails. It, if, if we can be honest with each other for a moment, has anybody besides me ever wrestled with that verse? No? Okay, I'm alone. That's all right. I'm going to let you in on. <laughs> Listen, I think if we're honest, sometimes we've wrestled with that. Love never fails. That sounds awesome. Put it on a bumper sticker, right? Write it on your bathroom mirror. Love never fails. But the reality is we feel like, man, I put myself out there. I trusted God. And guess what? Not everything worked out perfectly. Anybody been there? Can I let you in on a secret? God's not saying that that when you trust God, when you step in to this agape flow of God, that everything is going to go perfectly the way you think it's going to go. There's not going to be any bumps in the road. There's not going to be any trials. There's not going to be anything uh, heavy, anything that goes wrong, any bad weeks. He's not saying any of that. What he's saying is that his unconditional love can never stop flowing. Agape. His love can never stop flowing. It's that, it's that the mother, the father, whose, whose child is on death row. Like, I can't believe what you did, but I, can't, I couldn't turn my love off for you even if I wanted to. It just, it gushes. It flows. What's, what's God saying? God's saying, listen, when you, when you step into this love flow, it, it doesn't matter if you you're find yourself in the hospital. You got a broken leg. You lost your job. Maybe your loved one's in the hospital. Like, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. The love never turns off. It doesn't matter how bad a week you had, how, how bad you've been, how big a failure you, you had. The love never turns off. The love, not the situation, the love never fails. What's he saying? When you step into the love of God, you could be in the hospital with the broken leg, and there's the love of God. And when we learn... To let that love melt the ice further and further and further and further. That's when all of a sudden you're on the bed in the hospital and, and all the naysayers, all your friends are like, I thought you trust God and yeah, how does this bad stuff happen to you? And, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> Whoa, there's the love. It didn't fail. It's still coming. Whoa. And it, you get lost in love and melts the ice. And next thing you know, your leg's not broken anymore. <laughs> Why? That's the love that changes everything. That's when you get up out of the hospital bed and you're like, I don't know. It just happened. The nurse is like, get back in bed. You're like, no, look, it's good. And then your friends come back in who are just naysaying and, and casting doubt. And you're like, look, God just healed me. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And all breaks out in the hospital. Miracles. And everybody gets saved. Not because of the storge or the filet, and definitely not the eros, but the agape. Yeah. Love of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. It starts in love, and it ends in love. Can I have the team come back up? 
It starts in love and it ends in love. But it's important. I'm sorry, I'm almost done. <laughs> Eddie says she still loves you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Listen, we just, last weekend, we had such a powerful weekend. Powerful weekend. Fathers were just releasing just, just loads of the love of, of the Father. Power was being released. Miracles were happening. Testimonies were shared of people uh, having things that have been lost for years returned and money miraculously showing up in wallets and, and oil manifesting on people and... Uh, None of that stuff matters if we're not in the agape. <laughs> but if we're in the agape, that stuff happens and we can't turn it off even if we wanted to. <laughs> I think you have a call of God on your life. That just felt good to say. I think you have a call of God on your life. I think you have a call of God on your life. There is no, there is no mail room level call of God. There's no entry level. God's called you to be a world changer. But it starts with you. It starts with you. And we all, want, we all want the stories. We all want the, I had an hour and 20 minutes of miracles break out in the upper room in Jerusalem. What an amazing story. One day I'll write a book and put it in the book. But who cares? It doesn't, you don't get the stories by just pursuing the stories themselves. You don't get the stories because you got the right training, although that stuff helps. You get the stories because you encountered the transformational love of the Father. Wow. I love, I love this city. Not because... Uh, we looked up the demographics, not because we, we studied the statistics, because... We had an encounter with the love of the Father. Look, you're called to bring transformation. But the transformation isn't first going to come out of your efforts. Oh. We, we've heard the stories of the healing rooms back in Reading where Dozens, sometimes a hundred people getting healed every weekend, miracles, days where 12, 15 deaf ears would open up in five minutes, ten minutes, like miracle explosions. I tell you, the breakthrough and praying for the sick didn't come because I felt some commitment, fleshly commitment. No, it came when I encountered the Father. When, literally, when I had an encounter with the Father where He let me in on how much His heart broke for the sick. And how much He wants to see them well. 
He let me in on the love treasure that he has for the sick. And he knows that when they get better, they encounter his agape. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. What's God calling you to have breakthrough in? What breakthrough is God calling your family into? Because you can read the next book, and it might help a little. But if you don't have agape, it's just sounding brass. I feel like the love of God is being poured out in here tonight. It's been pouring all night. And I just want to know who wants to have an agape encounter? A <laughs> love of God, a transformational encounter, the unconditional encounter. The encounter, listen, unconditional by its nature means your encounter doesn't have to look like my encounter. One person can be flopping on the floor uncontrollably and one person can be on their knees weeping. Guess what? It's not love or power. It's just God. It's just Him. It's just Him. Wow. Unconditional by its nature means your experience doesn't have to look like your neighbor's. It just has to look like Him. God's going to melt the ice. Right now, right now, right now, wow. I meant to tell this story earlier on. I'm going to end here, and then we're going to release the love of God, but sometimes God blows up the iceberg, and sometimes he melts it layers at a time. And I read about an encounter that another gentleman had, and God showed him, couple different scenarios on earth and he showed him a, a homeless man in an alley and a cat walked by this homeless man and the homeless man didn't kick the cat and God's heart exploded with love and he's like why are you he's to God he's like why are you so excited and he said, if you knew the life that he had lived, the torment, the pain, the torture, he's recently encountered me. And my love has entered his heart and it's begun to change him. Because a week ago, he would have kicked that cat just out of spite. But my love has begun to transform him and he didn't kick the cat. And another scene, he showed him, he saw the most polished, big church, amazing worship team, polished. The sound was pristine, but the worship wasn't from the heart and God wasn't happy. And then he showed him this shack of a church and this out of tune, out of sorts band with terrible equipment, bad instruments and clanging. It's just like in the natural, he's like, it's giving me a headache and God's heart was exploding. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Because it was genuine from the heart. <laughs> In this moment, God might explode icebergs or he might just melt layers. Doesn't matter. 
your encounter isn't supposed to look like anybody else's. But if you have more room for the agape love of God, I just want to invite you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Just put your hand. Just put your hand on your heart, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to let the team just begin to minister over us. In a moment, I do feel like that there's a release for some people to come forward. I feel like there's a release. I'm carrying, I feel like I'm overloaded with just this agape fire hose. <laughs> but that doesn't have to be for everybody. <clears throat> In fact, you could start coming now. That's If you're just like... It could be layers. Like you don't, I don't care how many people come. I just care that you respond to God the way he wants you to respond. But if he's calling you to respond, if he's calling you to respond, to be undone, to be melted, to be melted, to be melted, to be thawed out, just come. And we're just going to let the team begin to play. In a moment, in a moment, the team is just going to begin to partner with the love of the Father and just go around. But right now, we're just going to let the team just... Worship over us and release the agape love of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.